0: Welcome to Just Add the Show, episode 5, our first ever victory podcast. Guys, we won a game. This is not a drill. What?
1: What? Are you sure? Are you 100% sure?
0: I checked my phone three times, Kevin, and I watched the game just to make
1: sure. (laughs) That's dedication, man. That's dedication to the pod. I appreciate it.
0: And I know that sounds easy, but if you follow a team other than the New York Jets, I'm telling you, it's harder than it sounds to watch these (laughs) games.
1: They tried to lose it a couple of times, but no, it was not to be. Just clutching victory from the jaws of defeat. I love it.
2: I'm telling you, the future is now. Zach Wilson, future, now. All of it.
1: I just can't believe we got
0: one. I thought this was, I I remember last week, I thought that line was way too low. It was Titans minus seven, shrunk to minus six by game day. And I was like, Vegas obviously knows something I don't. And they (laughs) did. I can't believe that we won this game. I I think they have a legitimate chance against the Falcons next week. I know the schedule gets a little harder after that, but let's just bask
2: in this one for a little bit, right? Let's just enjoy the win. Yeah, thanks, Seth, for uh, talking me into that one. Uh, really owe you one, there, pal. <laughs> let's bask in yeah. this win, though. Let's, uh, you know, it's we're one, and that's the important part, I guess.
0: Yeah, I was a bit bullish on the uh, Titans minus seven last week. I apologize. We'll get to this later in our inevitable gambling segment. But I'm not as confident on the Jets going to this week, though I like them a bit. Again, we'll get into that later. W's have been, as we know for this team, hard to come by the last few seasons. So let's just let's just enjoy this one.
1: Yeah, I, I did not see this coming either. I, I bid on the minus six thing. I held out for the whole week, and then I was like, minus six. Yeah, so. But yes, I agree. Let's let's. Uh... Forget about gambling for once, and uh, <laughs> because it's usually all we have. But here we are celebrating an actual win in, for our uh, the team that we that we are at least theoretically rooting for. No, I'm kidding.
0: A Jets win in this economy, we
1: just we can't <laughs> afford that. <laughs>
0: um.
1: Yeah. No. This was great. I didn't. I did not see this happening at all. I did not think coming. I, there was a strong possibility in my mind coming off the Denver game that I actually thought okay, we might go 0-17. Like, that was a real thought in my head. And, you know, not only getting the win, but also seeing what could be the promise of how good Wilson can be in this league is just, uh, it's very refreshing. And it feels, it feels great now that coming off of these three games and seeing Sam Darnold suddenly turn into, like, Michael Vick circa 2007 and just running in 30-yard touchdowns. <laughs> there was a moment in that week where I was like, this past week where I'm thinking like how how can this have happened? How can we have screwed this up again? But here we are. It was it ended up being a great game and I'm just uh you know, I'm 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 very I'm very happy to be wrong. <laughs>
2: we're gonna win the Super Bowl, guys.
1: <laughs> you called it you called it in the pre preseason one.
0: If you were smart enough to bet Jets Super Bowl and they win it, you were an all time genius and probably a millionaire.
1: Yeah. You're richer than than Zuckerberg and Bezos combined if you bet Jets to win the Super Bowl or even win anything.
0: I appreciated that a week after his coach told him he needs to learn how to play boring football, Zach, like, didn't listen at all and was just throwing 50-yard bombs on the run, except this time it worked.
1: (laughs) I know. I love that. That was, like, a lot of the game plan, too. It seemed to be designed around that. I was like, okay, I guess we're not doing the boring football thing. I guess that idea got shot down in practice.
0: Do you think that was, like, a beautiful mind coaching moment for Rob Salah where he was just like, I'm going to go in this press conference. I'm going to be like, we got to check it down next week. And, then like, knowing he was going to game plan, he was like, all right, we're 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 throwing it downfield every, every play.
2: Do you guys realize that? Everything we said last week, that was wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pre- pretty, yeah. Oh, my much.
2: God. It was like, they got to play small ball and throw it. And just let them get the rhythm. Big plays. Big plays all day. <laughs>
1: Big plays all day. And it worked totally. It worked totally well. I, I-, I was right about Tennessee not having a good defense, though. I'm going to stand by that. Yeah. Stand by that claim.
0: Yeah, that was the only good take out of any of us for the entire weekend was Tennessee's defense not being good. Because that definitely turned out to be true.
2: It was not the finest moment on um, just end the show. No, no,
0: definitely not our finest hour. It's a good thing we're not we're not really paid to prognosticate any of this because we'd probably be fired after last week.
1: Yeah, and we've only had like three hours, so it's the not having a finest hour. We're really limited how many hours I've been fine.
2: I mean, we're off to a bad start when two thirds of us didn't watch the game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i've watched i 've watched every i 've watched every down actually that 's not true i' turned off the end of the Denver game, but other than that i 've watched everything
2: i can 't even watch Red Zone now i 'm going to, but i can 't well, i
1: have, I always have Red Zone going on my computer and then the jets going on TV, but they keep fucking taking the jets off of CBS and putting the bills on, which I understand why but still the Bills game was that's, awful that's I was like put the they 're up like thirty four nine to put on the fucking jets game, and they eventually did but
2: Where did they what ha- what happened in that Bills game? <laughs> Anything happened to Bill's game, though? The Texans <laughs> happened. That's
1: what happened. <laughs> That's what happened.
0: I was camping this weekend, but I saw most of the game on my phone because we were driving home by that point. I think we left the campsite at about noon. Um, we were camping out in Pennsylvania. so oh, like, yeah. You know, yeah, so we stopped for food at some point on Friday in Target. And so in this like middle-of-nowhere Pennsylvania Target, they just had like, oh, here's a section with sports apparel. And it was I was just like, oh, Eagles. All right. Like, you know, like Phillies, whatever. And then like the Flyers equipment always makes me like irrationally angry. I don't know what it is about that orange.
1: <laughs> it just like
0: it just gets it just gets me mad. I don't know. what it is So the Philadelphia Phillies have done like way more damage to me as a sports fan. But it's just something about that orange, man. I just wanted to buy that Flyers jersey. It's like extra firewood or something. I was like, I'm going to burn this thing.
1: <laughs> That's probably bad for the environment, but I'll allow it. I guess the football equivalent of that
0: is, like, a Patriots jersey. I don't think any seeing, like, any other jersey gets me as, like, viscerally, like, riled up as a as a Pats jersey.
1: Falcons make me mad, but that's gambling-related, not jersey-related. But fuck them. Fuck them, Falcons.
0: And next week, too. Fuck them. Yeah, especially fuck them next week. It's funny. One of the, one of the things we talked about last week was we didn't know how the Jets were going to stop Derrick Henry, and then they didn't. He had... Th- 33 carries for 157 yards and a score. It just didn't matter at all because Tannehill couldn't throw. Although statistically, Tannehill ended up 30 for 49 for just short of 300 yards and a touchdown. So it's not even like he had that bad of a day. I don't know, this Titans offense just kind of came up small when it mattered.
1: And he was getting harassed by the Jets defense all day. I mean, they had seven sacks on him. Um, I thought this was a really good performance, again, from the defense. I, I was really really impressed I mean i I think we've talked about John Franklin Myers on here in the past, but we should bring him up like every week because <laughs> that guy is incredible um i I really was impressed by his play I liked uh I thought Huff was coming off the edge really well I just thought uh, i I was impressed by the amount of pressure that they were getting on him, and even with the Henry thing I mean I feel like there were several tackles in the backfield he obviously broke off these huge runs but you could definitely tell with the Titans offense that they were really really missing Julio and AJ Brown and I think if even one of those two is healthy we might be looking at a different game here particularly as as close as it ended up being but even though Tannehill had a pretty good stat line like you said I think he also they they were uh, a lot of those yards are coming off of long screen passes throughout the entire game you know if there was a negative from the Jets defenses they could not stop those screen plays like they were you know the third and 21 that they converted and all of that so uh, but I thought this was another really impressive performance by the defense. And I thought that if we were looking at a Jets game that had seven sacks before the season, I would have bet anything that it was the Jets getting sacked seven times and not the other way around. So uh, another pretty impressive performance by the defense. Again, I don't think that the secondary got tested that much. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I I I was pretty impressed by it. That's
2: It's another one of those things that you're happy you're wrong, right? Going into the season. Yeah. Once again, we were like... The Jets' defense is not going to be great, and we were questioning it, and once again, they kind of stepped up again. It's a pleasant surprise, and they gave uh, – and Zach Wilson had some time well, – No, I don't know about time in the pocket, but uh, Zach Wilson made some big plays too for himself, so kind of had all things clicking in this game at points, and it was really nice to see that. Like you said, Kev, so John Franklin Myers was pretty much
0: unblockable in this game, and I don't know if that's a reflection of – Tennessee's offensive line I haven't watched too much Tennessee Titans this year but Franklin Myers was in the backfield every single play you had Quinn and Williams who had a monster game on the interior at least in terms of the pass rush disrupting everything and then you had Quincy Williams right his his older brother was flying in this game Quincy Williams was everywhere I think they were the first brothers in NFL history to have a sack in the same game
1: and Quincy uh, yeah had had not looked as good prior to this game but yeah I agree with you I was that was really impressive from him Mosley obviously was also was also great. I, it's it's really nice to see him back, making this seem like it might have been a viable uh, Jets free agency acquisition after let's say what two years of questioning and thinking that this was probably like. We're, we're getting the typical Jets thing of getting a guy that's just, you know, that's never going to be able to perform for them. And he's been great. Um, I don't know if you're going to win that comeback player of the year bet, Seth, but he's been great. <laughs> and uh, the Quincy Williams thing, yeah, that was really surprising. I was like, we're, wow. I mean, he again, a couple of this, I, I want to say that a couple of plays early on, uh, he was he was getting beat or making some mistakes, but really, especially in the second half, stepped up big.
0: And I know he's only playing due to injury, right? All the injuries the Jets have at the linebacker level. But if Quincy Williams is going to play like that, that could be some solid depth for the next couple of years for this team. He's still a pretty young guy. Uh, I know he's Quinnen's older brother, but he's still a pretty young guy. He hasn't been in the league too long. Uh, So that could be someone that they look for, for, for depth in the future, even when they have everybody back. I mean, listen, they got him off waivers. It's a guy that any team could have had you know, how much of the Jets taking a flyer on him is a result of the fact that it's Quinnen's brother. You know, who knows how much influence a young player like Quinnen has on the front office, if any, but it's turned out to be a pretty good signing so far just based on how fast he was.
2: Who cares where he came from as long as he works out, right? And it's been a it's been a little bit of a pleasant surprise. I mean, twelve tackles with a sack ain't that bad for a defensive player and defense that we didn't think were going to be all that great this year.
0: And and it's funny, I mean, I think you mentioned a little earlier, Kevin, you know if Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are in this game, it might be different, right? If you look at the receiving stats for Tennessee, their leading receiver was the backup running back, Jeremy McNichols. McNichols went eight for 74, right? He had those at least one or two big screen plays. Other than that, it's like, you know, Chester Rogers, you know, the slot receiver got a bunch of targets that they were throwing at Josh Reynolds a lot. I mean, these aren't, you know, top of the league wide receivers, but I still thought that when it mattered that Bryce Hall and Isaiah Dunn were really good on the outside, playing really good technique. You could tell that even, I think the announcers even mentioned it, you know, they're squeezing that receiver to the boundary. Uh, and then another good game, the fourth good game in a row, for Michael Carter the second out of the nickel. I think the Jets got an absolute steal there with him.
1: The whole defensive thing, I mean, we, we talked earlier about just being like so wrong on this podcast, but I also think they're going into the year. I, I don't think it was even wrong to necessarily just look at it and say this is not an experienced squad and it's not something that it, this is not the the strength of the team. That we, we thought we would have and I think it was, it was specifically looking at this game, you know, I mean there was that moment early on where it really looked like it was going to be the same as the first three games in some ways, you know, I mean the Jets went three and out on the first two possessions and the defense really is the thing that kept them in this game in that in that time and those, you know, trading trading those threes for sevens, you know, having uh, Tennessee kick field goals on those first possessions and not just punch it in and not having a situation where you have Wilson out there down two scores or down, you know, or down 17 points or whatever. That's huge, you know, and obviously we're, we're high on Wilson on this podcast in general and he looked great in this game. Um, there were still some like questionable passes and questionable decisions, but in terms of the big plays that we were saying he shouldn't do last week. Um he was able to totally come through and I think part of that is just the confidence of being able to come out there and having your defense like keep you in this game and I think going forward for the team that is that's such a huge thing I think too. I mean it's so obvious to say it's huge to have your defense play well, but to not have the guy and to not have a guy going out in the fourth quarter down a couple touchdowns or you know after he had thrown that pick it was like, "Oh no, is this going to be the same?" You know, is this going to be the same situation that, that we had in, in the Broncos game or the New England game? And uh, that's, uh, you know, it, I really think the defense keeping them in it early was what helped them really to do uh, to, to the offense to really get going and get into some rhythm.
2: I'll tell you the one thing that I'm really happy about is I think a Rob Sala has a lot to do with how well this defense is doing. Uh, I think that it, I'm really happy about it because I kind of called that at the first of the year is wait and see what you have with the defense before you throw them in the garbage. Uh, I was questioning it myself, but Rob Salah is a defense guy, right? He's a hold the line kind of guy. So uh, I'm kind of happy that they have such a young core that he can mix and mold with uh, to, to really work out. And I think it's really, it's coming off now where he's rubbing off on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You could tell by the the way that they were playing, especially in the secondary, the technique that they're playing with, you could tell that a lot of that you know is is coaching. A lot of that's you know doing the right things in, in practice every week. So I give Salah a ton of credit for this team. And the defense played complimentary football. The pass rush has to help out the secondary. The secondary has to help out the pass rush. Those down linemen have to give the linebackers a chance. Everything has to work together on defense. And I think this was the first week when the Jets really put it all together, and all three of those layers kind of gelled and
2: helped each other. It's one of those things that everyone always says the preseason doesn't matter, the preseason doesn't matter. First one, two, three weeks in the NFL is really when you start to play. You're kind of rusty until week two or three, and maybe this is them finally clicking. You're going to find out next week for sure how well they handle the flight and being in a different country and everything. Uh, But I think that it was really good to see – the defense and Zach Wilson start to kind of come into their own. And I'll be honest, at the end of the game, when he threw it, when he didn't throw it away or he did um, or he did throw it away uh, and he was beating himself up about it for holding on to it for too long. Uh, I was happy to see him beating himself up for holding on for a too long because he knows what the problem is. And when you know what the problem is, you can fix it. And that's what the next step I think for Zach Wilson is going to be. Is that something I want to see this week is him, When he holds on to it, get rid of it. End the play. Don't lose the yards.
0: I think we should take a quick break, and then we should definitely talk about this offense and what's unquestionably their best performance of the year so far. (laughs) So obviously we got to have our Zach Wilson segment of the week, right? How is Zach progressing? This was unquestionably his best game of the year. I don't think anybody would argue with that. And I still don't think it was a perfect performance. I mean, he missed a couple of the, the easy throws, but he made so many spectacular plays, just eye-popping plays, where it's like you, you, you almost forget about
2: the misses, right? But that's yeah. the quarterback Zach Wilson is. You know, he's, he's going to be that big play guy. And we were saying it last week where we want to see him make some of those smaller, you know, five-yard five, five yard passes, and we were wrong. <laughs> I was happy to see it this week, that it'd make it make some bigger plays.
1: The only place that I really wish we would see those was kind of towards the end of the game because I felt like those last few passes, especially before they went into overtime, was kind of like oh man, if if he had just been able to be able to complete those passes, some of them looked uh you know pretty catchable, but in terms of Wilson's progression, yeah, definitely, I think being able to see the thing that we drafted him ostensibly for, right is these the being this playmaker, not not being just a game manager type of quarterback but being somebody who is going to be able to to make big plays and to you know as he did in this game kind of I don't even want to say turn the offense around in in, I mean turn the offense around certainly from the last few weeks but like I said just there that moment in the first quarter where after he had thrown the pick there it was definitely a thing where I thought oh no are we heading back down this same road and his ability to make those big completions and even the one that, you know, Corey Davis caught and then fumbled that that him recovering, that, that was a great sign for what was, you know, going to happen in the rest of the game. And I think this is the performance we wanted to see out of him. I think in terms of those sort of the checkdowns, the easier plays, like you're saying, Colin, the holding on to the ball too long, some of that stuff is hopefully just going to come with time. And I think with the experience of, you know, being able to maybe play in games where you, you are trying to protect a lead, you know, you are trying to, you know, run some clock that I think if we get into situations where this team is going to be competitive, like they were in this game, I think that is going to come, come to him, or at least I hope it does, you know? And I think, uh, yeah, I just think that this is the really encouraging sign from the, kind of playmaking big play performance part and if he can uh just continually make like good decisions and make some short yardage plays and get into rhythm we're looking at a real viable franchise quarterback dare I say it
0: and I think this is definitely one of those games where stats don't tell the whole story right uh Zach was only 21 of 34 for 297 a touchdown and one interception but I think he played above those stats if you just look at the receiving stats really quick Corey Davis led the way with four catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. So it's, again, like you said, it's it's those big chunk plays. Keelan Cole only had three catches. Keelan Cole had 92 yards. And then, of course, you had Jamison Crowder consistently doing what he does, moving the sticks. He was the consistent pass catcher. Crowder finished with seven for 61 in that touchdown. I think it was a more efficient game than Zach will get credit for on the stat line. I think the interception, you could argue, wasn't even really his fault because Corey Davis, I believe, fell down on that route, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like a busted route, yeah.
0: So in in theory, this is like a zero interception, two touchdown game for Zach. He made three absolutely outstanding throws in this game. He had those two throws on the run, right, where he was rolling out to his right, the long one to Keelan Cole, and then the touchdown to Corey Davis. But I want to talk about that throw. I don't know if you remember it with, there was about eight minutes left to go in overtime. It was like a third and four or something short like that. And he throws this like beautiful sideline touch pass right over the defender to Keelan Cole. That was the most impressive throw I saw on the day. That's one of the most impressive throws I've seen all week from any quarterback.
1: That was great.
0: Uh, and then the, the only, the only things you'd, you'd almost love for him to take back or the decision. Uh, I think he might've cost the Jets an earlier win I mean they won the game so this is maybe kind of nitpicky but I think they they could have won it on that first drive and overtime with a touchdown if Zach doesn't lose yards there on that third and goal I know Salah after the game said the plan was if they didn't get the touchdown on third and goal from the one they would have gone for the win on fourth and goal from the one figuring okay we'll go for the win here we don't get it at least we give the Titans the ball you know at the one yard line but once Zach lost yards on a scramble It was fourth and five, I believe. And then it's like, okay, we've got to take our three and get out of dodge here. And the Jets, of course, got a little lucky at the end with that missed kick by uh, former Jets legend Randy Bullock. But I think Zach just has to be smarter in that moment. He's got to know, okay, I can't get it with my legs. That's okay. All I have to do is toss this ball out of bounds. We don't lose yards. I see another
2: down. I'm happy that he knows he has to fix that because he will get there. And the one thing I got to see next week is him do that a little maybe not all the time, but start doing that and start making those decisions to get rid of the ball. And then it's just a nice progression from Zach Wilson. That's that's all I'm in this year for is a nice progression from Zach Wilson.
0: Yeah. And I don't think he's on the Justin Herbert progression where he's just going to be an all-star out of the gate, but I do think he could be on that Josh Allen progression. Like we said, where he'll figure out some of the, the, the mental stuff. He'll figure out, some of the, you know, how to read defenses year one. He'll fix some of those mechanics problems. He'll fix some of those accuracy problems. And I'm really excited for for year two, Zach, even as we're still watching year one, Zach.
2: Yeah, uh, it's exciting to see him even know what the problem is. He's a rookie quarterback figuring out who he is in this league, and he is already making such huge strides from two weeks ago when he couldn't even get a point on the board to this week. When he's bringing his team back and then they went in overtime, like that's a huge step for a rookie quarterback in this game.
1: I am so happy he's being coached by Salah, not Adam Gase, too, because I just shudder to think what would happen if Gase was still at the helm. I mean, that probably wouldn't have been the plan to draft him anyway, but still, ugh, I don't even want to Quarterback
2: whisper, Quarterback whisperer, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd whisper, get the fuck out of here, too. That's what I would whisper to Gase. In terms of the play toward the end of uh, overtime there, I'd also like to throw out that I'm not a huge fan of that play call. And he they got him rolling into coverage, and he was his his receiver was double covered. So that's just a bummer <laughs> all the way around. That play just w- was not going to work from the word go, I feel like. But, yeah, I, I I agree with what Colin's saying. It seems like he understands the the problem, and that's the first step to fixing it. And, uh, Seth, you touched on something, but I think bears repeating, which is that I just think it's so huge to have Crowder out there um, just as a viable a, a guy like you said can move the sticks somebody who the defense has to actually worry about and cover and it's not just Corey day does not just you know double covering Corey davis and saying oh we're just gonna leave we're gonna leave these other guys wide open out there because who cares um i think that uh just having i mean it's an obvious thing to say but it, it's worth saying that i think it's so great to have crowder out there for him
0: absolutely do you guys want to take another break? And when we come back, we'll talk about next week's matchup with the Atlanta Falcons from Wembley Stadium. <laughs> so this week, the Jets are in London to play the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are coming off a loss to the Washington Professional Racists, 34-30. to Is there anything, aside from scoring 30 points against a pretty good Washington defense. Is there anything that stands out to you or impresses you about this Falcons team?
1: I have a complicated relationship with the Atlanta Falcons in terms of picking games, so I'm going to be very cautious with my my criticisms against uh, Atlanta. In terms of the Jets matchup, I think they really need to, uh, this is going to sound kind of dumb, but I think they really need to hope for a type of a repeat performance of what we saw here against Tennessee in the sense that I think that if the Falcons are able to jump out to any kind of lead early, I would be very pessimistic about the Jets' chances going forward in that game. Although, you know, if Zach can execute these large plays, then maybe they they do have some comeback in them. But I think if the defense is going to be able to harass Matt Ryan like they did with Tannehill and the defense in general just keeping them in the game... Uh we're seeing that the Jets can move the ball at least on these long plays. The the run the running game is still really not there at all. Um although I like Michael Carter, okay? But uh I just I'm scared of a situation where we're looking up at a scoreboard and suddenly it's already 17 to nothing or something like that and it, the whole rest of the game is just digging out of a hole. I don't know. I mean, if they can hang around with a team like Tennessee, I think there's a chance they can hang around with the Falcons, you know? I don't think that the Falcons are a particularly great team. They have more receiving depth than uh, Tennessee had in this game, but I'm always scared of the Falcons because I'm always wrong about every every time I have to pick any Falcons related thing. So shutting up now.
2: Man, those Falcons are a weird team, right? It's like they lose when you expect them to lose, then they win when you also expect them to lose.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) it's just so confusing.
2: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they they definitely have more depth than uh, in receiving than the Titans did last week. Uh, And the, the, the defense is going to have to set the tone early for sure. Uh, you just you just hope that they can, and you hope that the travel into London doesn't mess with them too much coming off a win from this week. Because, man, this, this to me, this is a tough week to have to go to London. Coming off your first win. Yeah. Uh, going to a team that you could hang in there with. Maybe be, Probably be, And you just – you got to – it's the travel for – it's just it, – it's a trap. It's a trap game for the Falcons, and it's a – problem for the jets is i think the way i want to say that because the jets had a chance in this game if it was a MetLife, life i think or uh, just or in atlanta yeah i think the
0: one thing that the jets have going for them in a matchup against the falcons is i think a lot of the falcons weaknesses kind of align with the jets strengths and vice versa so one of the things the jets have a problem with defensively is stopping the run right they've gotten run over for most of these first four games. I know it's a little bit unfair with Tennessee because you've got 33 carries from Derrick Henry, but the Falcons don't really run the ball well at all. Last week, their starting running back, Mike Davis, had 13 carries for 14 yards. So it's not something the Falcons do well. So you're not really worried about them running the ball on you. The Jets have shown to be pretty competent against the passing game, like we talked about, especially in this Titans game with the pass rush playing as well as it did and the secondary holding up as well as it did so the Falcons offense in a weird way doesn't scare me as much as the Titans even though they have better receivers and a better quarterback just because I think the things that they do well also matches up with the things that the Jets defense does well Colin you mentioned this could be a trap game really for either team I mean, I don't know if this is a problem that applies to young millionaires. It would certainly apply to me. I would think that going overseas to Europe is like distracting in a way. Like you almost like, you want to make sure you fit this in. You want to see this person. You want to do some sightseeing. Like I said, they can go to London the six months that are their off season, wherever they want. I get it. But to me, I think that might affect a younger quarterback like Zach Wilson more than it might affect a veteran quarterback like Matt Ryan, who has been there before. I will say that if I have to pick a quarterback that isn't allowed to drink, I think that might be a massive advantage in this game. As we as we know, Zach Wilson is Mormon, which means he is not allowed to touch alcohol, which means the London pub scene will not be a factor in this game for the Jets quarterback. I don't know Matt Ryan well as a person, but if I were Matt Ryan... I would probably be drinking a lot at this point in my career. So who knows? Maybe that affects the Falcons negatively.
1: <laughs> the drinking has probably gone on an uptick since that uh, New England Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> the traveling to London thing, I agree. It's, a t- it's terrible to have to come off your first win with some momentum and then just have this happen. If it's going to be if it was a game against a team that was better than Atlanta I would say that definitely that we're looking at a loss here but I I still I don't know I mean I think looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year this was Mm -hmm. one where I was like well well this is a wait and see thing with Atlanta and I think there's a possibility to get a win here I didn't think that the Jets were going to beat the Titans I, I have my bank account to show for it. But in this Atlanta game, I think that there's a way to, uh, there's a way that they can hang in there. Like I, like I said, and like Colin said, making a defensive statement at the beginning of the game, you know, and, and, uh, just making big plays like they did in this. And I think like you said, Seth, yeah, the, the running game doesn't scare me. Although of course Denver ran all over us with a running back whose name I don't even remember. So uh, you know they're uh, they are still really susceptible in that uh, in that way, but Atlanta just doesn't seem like they have that as part of their game plan. So my advice is Zach, when you're crossing the street, make sure you look right, buddy, because the traffic's coming the other way.
2: <laughs> I kind of like the Jets in this game. I don't know if the Falcons are going to cover, so I think that three and a half is kind of big, and I think that the defense making a stand could kind of bring the Jets into a one or two point game. I, I don't think that they're out of it by any means. I just don't know you never know with the Falcons and that's the problem, right? Like the Falcons one day could look like a great team and the next day look like they're a college football team. So it's just a matter of what Falcons team shows up that day. With the Jets you kind of know what you're getting. I do think the Jets could win this game. I don't think it's beyond reason to think that. I just I just don't like the idea of them traveling across an ocean, having to deal with getting off the plane, getting on the plane, staying in a hotel. Uh, I, I, it's more the hassles of traveling than anything else to me. did anyone know when they're going out there? Did they leave already? Are they going, when are they going?
1: I was wondering that too. Do they practice in London and then fly out or do they practice here and then fly to London? Some I teams mean, do.
0: Yeah, as we record this, it's only Tuesday. So I would suspect they're not there yet, but I imagine they're going to be there by Thursday. I, th- I think they want to get that jet lag over with at the front end and spend time practicing in London.
2: It's not a lot worse than a West Coast flight, but it's just you just fly to a different country. You got a bunch of things you're not used to with customs and all that. Like in baseball, I guess they're used to it because you go to Canada or hockey you go to Canada. Football, you know, how often do you fly into a different country that you gotta deal with that? Right? You just don't wanna deal with it coming off your first win of the season.
0: And I kind of agree with your point on the spread, Colin. Three or three and a half seems like too many points here. That you could make the case that this game should be a straight
2: pick'em, right? Yeah, I, I, I like the Jets in this game. I don't think the Falcons are going to cover in this game, and I like I like the Jets with the points. Like, there's no... there. This I, I I would almost pick the Jets' money line in this game. I wouldn't do it, but I almost would.
0: Yeah, I think if you're going to make a bet on this game, I think Jets' money line is probably the move. I think I'm personally going to stay away because, like I said, the Falcons are just this unpredictable entity. But I think if you're if you're committed, if this, if there are weeks to bet the Jets money line, I think this is a good week to do that.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised it's that high. I mean, I just think I could see, yeah, pick them or giving them like a point or a point and a half, three, three, three and a half. That's a lot. But, you know, we were saying this about the uh, spread last week. So it's 100% a stay away for me. Also, somehow just in my mind, this seems like a game where it could either be like a dumb Atlanta blowout or it's going to be close so yeah in terms of yeah I agree like I wouldn't even bother with the points if you like the Jets just go for the money line this is just a rough slate in general I'm just looking at these games like I I have no idea no idea
0: we've talked about the Jets defense covering tight ends or not covering tight ends this year I think they did a pretty good job against Tennessee I don't think the Tennessee tight ends really did much in this game and you've got Kyle Pitts, who in theory is one of the most dangerous tight ends in the game, but the Falcons have barely used Kyle Pitts. I think this four catches for 50 yards he had last week is one of his better games this year.
1: Yeah, he's been a, I know he's been a huge disappointment to people who took him in fantasy so far. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully this is not the game where they decide to use him, but yeah, like you said, Seth, I think that the, a lot of the uh, uh, the matchup stuff actually does favor favor the Jets actually Pretty well, at least from what we've seen of the Falcons so far. I think that just the main thing is they have to be able to get stops early. I really think that if they can do that, I think they can be able to move the ball. Obviously, it's a neutral field situation. So it was better with the Titans thing, I think, being at home and getting that momentum going. But, you know, with the neutral field, you're not going to get that as much. But still, just from a game plan perspective it would be really nice to uh, to harass Matt Ryan early, and uh, that's really the, the main thing for me. I'm not, you know, the travel and stuff, I mean, I, you're right, I think that affects uh, rookies maybe more than veterans, but I would be less worried about that somehow and just more worried about, like, suddenly we're looking up at a 21 to nothing game, like, what the hell, how did this happen? Um, somehow that's my main concern going into it, but trying to be optimistic, trying to stay optimistic on this podcast.
0: Let's take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk about a little bit of Jets news and the Marcus May situation. What happened was Marcus May is facing charges from a DUI arrest following a February 22nd car crash in Fort Lauderdale. And he could be in some trouble with the league just for not disclosing the incident to the league. He was charged with driving under the influence, as well as misdemeanors of DUI slash damage to property. And he's also charged with leaving the scene of a crash. He posted a $1,500 bond, and that was the end of it as far as we know. But it's a little bit concerning that this happened back in February, and this news is only coming out right now. Uh, May did not play last week. The Jets played so well defensively. I honestly didn't notice that Marcus May wasn't on the field. I knew he was out for this game. They really didn't miss him. But are you concerned with Marcus May's future with this team going forward?
1: Yes. Uh, I, I, I certainly am. I mean, I think obviously there was uh, the whole contract situation going into going into the season. There was already that concern. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Seth, in terms of just this coming out now is the thing where you, you it, it – first of all, it's terrible timing. But second of all, just the time the timeline of something happened that long ago and just coming out now seems like it's an indication that we are headed for um, some problems just with Marcus May and the future of this team. I, I agree with you that it, weirdly, him being out last week didn't seem like it affected the game plan, and they or it didn't it didn't affect it as much as we thought. Um, but yeah, this is a very concerning and. Um, in adding to the concerns we already had about May going forward as a jet, as a
2: teammate, I'd want to be like, "What happened? like why would't you tell them why wouldn't you tell us about this earlier right because it's it's potentially reasons that you're not going to be on the field, and I want to be able to trust not that I'm a professional football player, but I want to be able to trust the guys that I'm you know fighting with that they're going to be there. Uh, it's a little weird to me that you heard nothing about this for how many months. I think that uh, with uh, Johnson back at the helm, it, it, it might not, it it's, it doesn't, I don't think it bodes well for May. I don't think that bodes well for May. Uh, I don't think he's going to take the nonsense that uh, his brother did previously. It's a little, it's a little concerning that nobody knew about this beforehand.
0: Yeah. I, I'm definitely worried about his, his future with the team. And also, I mean, maybe this seems selfish, but just in terms of thinking about his value as an asset, not just missing Marcus Mays play on the field. So when Jamal Adams wanted out a couple of years ago, that was upsetting in that he didn't want to play here anymore. He was worried about the direction of the franchise who could blame him, but at least they were able to get something back for Jamal Adams. At least they got a really good value out of the Seahawks and they turned that into, you know, trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, the highest rated guard in the draft. So it just worries me that not only is marcus may and his talents maybe not going to be here for the future but he's going to become a guy that's not really a tradable asset either and this is kind of going to become a really sunk cost and a sunk draft pick for the
2: jets and it's not like you can cut him either because as much as he's as much as you're not going to be able to use him like you want to someone's going to pick him up right so it's just a matter of you know what do, what do you do with this guy now you ha- it's almost like you have to hold on to this asset that you have nothing to you can use like it's 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 a bad situation all around you hope that everything comes out okay i don't know what that means at the moment but you know the jets the jets are uh, typical jets right
1: i know we can't even celebrate like one win without like some crazy off field scenario
0: I, I don't mean to trivialize you know dui or leaving the scene of an accident but it's almost as if if he can survive if he can get past these legal troubles once the league puts down whatever discipline the league puts down, I would hope that once he's, you know, served his time, that the Jets kind of put him right back in the lineup. To be honest, I'd give the guy a second chance from a football perspective for, you know, from an asset perspective as a general manager, this is a league full of guys who've gotten second chances who have done a heck of a lot worse. Like again, I'm not trivializing what may did or, or allegedly did, but I, I hope that he were able to see him back on the field sooner than later
1: well he and he was going to miss is it three weeks for the ankle injury anyway um so you know we're already looking at missed time there and then with all of this who knows and just seems very clear like he's headed for the door at the end of the season so yeah i don't uh, i don't see this uh boding well for 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 anyone really involved if there's some way that this can work out, and like you said, not to like trivialize what he did, but these things do happen in this league going forward. I mean, if they can even get any play out of him later in this season, that's I guess worth it. But it seems like this is uh heading to a to a not great conclusion for both parties.
2: I almost have no doubts that he'll get a you know, pending outcome of the legal troubles, that he'll get another chance in the league. I'll just I don't see him next year with the Jets anyway, so I just it it doesn't bode well for them. Like 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 Kevin was saying, like you can't trade him because there's nothing you could do with him when he has you know these legal battles. So this this year for Marcus May I think it it's not good for the Jets. If anything, it's almost like he's not going to get hurt on the field. If he's not playing, so you want him to play. Obviously, I don't know. It, it's you hate to see it.
1: Can't we have, like, a few days thinking that things are going to be okay? Can we have, like, 48 hours of, like, not crazy shit happening with this team?
2: (laughs) When have you ever known it to be okay with the
1: Jets? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It's like when people... I heard, like, it was like, oh, this is the biggest win since, like, the week against the Cowboys in 2019. I'm like, wow, yeah, it's been... It's been, a, it's been quite a stretch, guys.
0: Zero days since our last media calamity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should get a reset. You should, you should put a, uh, a reset uh, like this many days since behind yeah. you. This many days since our last public
0: embarrassment. That's going to do it for us here at Just End the Show. Enjoy this win, everybody. Make sure you set your alarms next week for the Jets and the Falcons, 920 in the morning. Enjoy the rest of the games this Sunday, everybody. We will be back next week. Kevin, take us out. Just end the show.
2: Just in.